And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This, well, this is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 391, a special episode of This Old Marketing for Friday, September 1st. That's right, we're into September now, everybody, 2023, and with me as always, as he always is, well, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who I'm sure has not seen Ahsoka yet, Mr. Joe Polizzi. (laughs) No, you know I haven't seen Ahsoka. I know I you just don't watch- talk to you about yeah. it. I've not yeah. seen it. I do right. like Star Wars a yeah. lot. Yeah, but no, and and I would not watch as much it. as our friend J.K. You you don't no. like Star Wars as much as it. No, not as. And much. by the way, I'm but- just going to say for the record, Star Trek better than Star Wars. Just going to say it because uh, by the way, I am wearing my my Star Trek shirt today so those yeah then nobody knows what it is if you know you know i'm just gonna say so you'll have to right so those listening you'll have to watch it and so you can look at it and say i don't know what that is either i'll put it this way and the anybody who uh can tell me that and and, well they're gonna google it is what they're gonna do but if you don't google it if you can tell me uh i'll send you a book i'll send you i'll send you a new copy of my book you you send a copy of uh, epic content marketing how about that (laughs) no For F's sake. Yes. But or Content Inc. would be a nice uh, a nice book. Okay. Too. So so that brings up a great point. <laughs> oh, it does it. It, 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 it totally reminds me of a story. So I walk into – so this is 20, 2017, I think. Okay. And I get hired by this company that I know very well. They're former clients, and they say, oh, we, want you to, story we want you to come in and do a keynote to our marketing group. We're having this global marketing get-together, and we want you to come in and do a keynote. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. I'd love to do that. So I and, and it's in LA, by the way. It's in LA. So it's not like I have to travel anywhere and it's not like they don't know who I am and all that. So I drive down there into the office. I walk into the room. It's a big room, you know, like they normally have, you know, 70 or 80 people in there. And on everybody's desk is a copy <laughs> of Epic Content Marketing. And I'm like, really? This, this, really? Really? I mean, <laughs> that quite possibly. Could have been the best day of my life when yeah, you told me that it, that happened. It, yeah. No, it, unfor- it that that's very unfortunate. But it it just shows how you and I are what like it or not, we're sort of tied at the hip because yeah. Because yeah. basically, what happens is is that when you go somewhere, sometimes my book ends up where you are, and when I go somewhere, I get credited with the smart things that you say. Okay. So it's it's sort of a win win yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, all the way around. Say that, I'm not sure how that works out well for me, but yeah, <laughs> it really no, it doesn't. This is all yeah. about me, as, as it normally is, <laughs> as true. my wife would say. It's true. all about you. I'm like, yeah, it's who does this help? It helps this guy right true. here. True. That's what's important. As as was evidenced, by the way, in first of all, thanks to all of you. So that we have a special episode this week um, because we're going to answer questions <laughs> that came in through LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, so Joe goes out and posts up, you know, uh, Hey everybody, Robert and I are going to do a special episode of this old marketing and would love to, uh, you know, would love to get your questions. And, and every one of them was like, Oh, Joe, you're so amazing. Where did you stop it? (laughs) That only is partially true. 
Yeah. It's, and it's by the way, f- the, the questions are still rolling in, which is great. Yeah. I go oh post my God. The same that thing was awesome. We'll have to do another. Yeah. Because when uh, there'll be another week here that I can't make and we'll just do another. We'll see yeah. how this one goes. This yeah. is like an office hours, right? Uh, the qu- doing- I love the questions. The questions that came in and, the, so and the ones we picked are are so much fun. They're really, really fun. It's and thank fun. you for everyone. We'll do a little shout out to everyone who who had some questions because we can't yeah. get to all of them because they were they were so so very good. But yeah. So as we record this, we should mention that you're you're away. You're you're off in Nantucket. I am away. Enjoying I'm on the, beach the white the- sandy beach of Nantucket, or I am on my bike hauling it to one of the coasts. I don't know. I've never been there before, but I'm, oh, I've am i done so a lot of wonderful. research and I'm yeah. very much looking forward to it. Oh, Nantucket so. is beautiful. And especially this time of year, Nantucket is uh, is amazing because it's, it's a, not- yeah, it's, it, they said it was a good time. It's right before Labor Day. And this That's is right. sort of sort of the last week of summer for yeah. for Nantucket. Well, now. It's yeah. So you're going to you're going to have the best time and you will be or as we as we record this, you're having the best time. I should say I'm having a great time. <laughs> um there, yes. we're, we're our little cottage that we have is is like two blocks away from the brewery. It's so Martha Stewart. I mean, you are going to be Martha Stewarted up. Uh, you, I'm at yeah. I'm going to. I'm at a cottage. Yeah. I, I just I the fact sure that I'm cottaging. It will be blue. I guarantee you the cottage. You think it's going to be blue? I think it's going to be blue. There will be hints I'll, of blue everywhere. I'll take a, a picture and I'll send it to you. And yeah. if it's a blue. There will be lots of blue, or whatever. lots of floral prints. Yeah, blue and whatever, floral prints is what. Whatever I the cottage is, you know. Just a little side note, I did look, and I'm, you know, so I'm, I can be cheap. I like spending money on experiences, but sometimes <laughs> I can be cheap. Sometimes, as you know. sometimes, sometimes. Okay, Not all, sometimes, I'm not yeah. pretty good most of the time. Like mm-hmm. I, I like a good party. Yeah. We'll, 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 you know, I like a good happy hour. I'll pick up the tab, look kind of thing. But you sure. do as well. You do that all the time too, but. The Nantucket Hotel is the hotel that you know my my wife reads books by Elon Hillenbrand and okay, she sure. it's always yeah. at the Nantucket Hotel I guess it's and beautiful. I looked to see yeah. what the pricing was because I'm like oh wouldn't it be great my wife and I could stay at the hotel and the it ranged between thirteen hundred and fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a night yeah to stay at that hotel and I'm like does every night come with a thousand dollars like that's <laughs> like right. where. Yes. So we have a wonderful Airbnb cottage that's just going to be tremendous. That was that's nice. Yes. Significantly well, Nantucket generally expensive. is not cheap. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's Nantucket is not. I'm not expecting anything to be. It's not Atlantic City. At let me put it that way, right? It's not. You know, you're not. I like Atlantic City though. <laughs> Those are my people. Experience. It's yeah. completely different. Like I like the bars in Atlantic City because it's like, you know, they may or may not have been swept recently. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, there's always happy hours going and they may on. or may not have cleaned up the blood from the last knife yeah, fight that it, happened. That's, the, that's, you know. But it, that gives Atlantic City its, <laughs> it's charm. It's a patina. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a yeah. definite patina it's, to the city. Yeah. <laughs> have you? You haven't been to Atlantic City in years. So you, uh, not in you years. No, I have not been in years. I, the last time I was there for was for a speech, um, and it was uh, I was at one of the casinos there, and I walked on the boardwalk. And I was actually, you know, I, I was actually, I mean, I was, I was, um, I'm going to say it was after Hurricane Sandy. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, there was, it was quiet, basically. Yeah. And, and it was, um, they were still doing a lot of rebuilding. So I remember that, um, that a lot of the boardwalk was new because yeah. they had had to replace a lot of it. So we went, um, we went two years ago. It was in the, right in the middle of COVID. 
and they were still doing a lot of building. But if you get off of the the commercial section and you you keep walking down the boardwalk, those yeah. places are beautiful. Those the the houses on that boardwalk are just tremendous. So oh sure, um, those are the yeah. old classics. Yeah, they're they're, are... they're gorgeous. So don't be yeah. putting down Atlantic City. Atlantic you just City. don't like anything New Jersey. That's, That's your problem. Well, and the funny thing is that I used to go to New Jersey every single year. My my wife and I, my wife had, had grew up on the Jersey Shore every summer, and so we her family had a house there on the Jersey Shore in Long in Long Beach Island. For those of you who are in New Jersey and know such things, um, and so we would go to Long Beach Island and 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 hang out for. And in fact, it was it was traditionally this week. You know, we would go the week before Labor Day. We would go, um, and so uh, yeah, wow. it's it. And LBI is great. You know, I still have tons of t-shirts with lbi on them and we would I, I loved the jersey shore in that you know i mean you get your good get some good crab get some lobster get you know the whole thing right yeah just like nantucket sounds just exactly like nantucket. well nantucket is going to be fantastic you're going yeah. okay. to have the best so, time all right to our questions what's to the questions. first question yeah so let's we get have. to it so the way we're going to do this by the way is this typical way that we do questions is that we've got five questions that we picked from the just myriad questions that you I think we had four, over 40 questions yeah, it was fantastic amazing um, thank you yeah we tried to sort of split them up there are no football questions there were many football questions in the actual uh but in you the actual did list. not we did yes. not pick any so those of you who don't like football um will be pleased about that we are going to a non-football this old marketing it's that's a first right. it's that's a right. first um and so We'll talk a lot about marketing. We'll talk a lot about business. We'll talk a lot about what we're thinking about. And, and so let's get to question number one, which is comes to us courtesy of Jim McLeod. Um, and uh, Jim, wonderful uh, friend and family of the show for, for quite some time. Um, the question that Jim asks is, which marketing trend died out much faster than either of you expected? Was it voice? Was it NFTs? And kind of as a follow-up, so we can sort of fit two questions into one here, which one that died might actually rise again? And he used the QR code as a good example of that. So well, that's something you, yeah, want, that, that's you take the, it. You take the first and I, I'll, 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 I'll take second. Okay. Um, I have this theory in the future that we won't be touching things. And because okay. we won't be touching things, I believe that voice search is one of those things that's just going to go through the roof. I think that most search will like we're going to we're going to be using our, our voices for everything and you're not going to touch anything. Going so th so there there's that. Yeah. So I think voice search is the second part of Jim's question that is going to happen. Web three was probably the one where, wow, I did not necessarily see that. Uh, de-escalating so quickly but as we talked about in the last episode i believe the future of web3 is really really still strong i think that the problem is everybody got infatuated with financialization behind it and the tokens and making money and all that and it just tainted the whole industry and so i think that that is going to i don't know when i don't know when am i do i call it in 24 or 25 or 26 i think as long as it just stays behind the scenes for quite a while we're seeing a lot of innovation happen in the web3 area a lot about tokenization it's going to be really really worthwhile for creators and for marketers we mm -hmm. just won't see it for a while so i'm i'm bullish on both of what jim mentions both webs web3 and with voice in the very near future how about uh, how about you sir you know i'm gonna give two answers to this one is the more consumer side, which is going to be 
the same answer that you gave, and then I'm going to give a little bit more of an inside baseball uh, kind of answer here. So the just to cover off the first one first, the Web3 is definitely, I mean, I, I did not that expect Web3, and, and specifically Web3, the, the blockchain NFT stuff. Um, that, you know, I, I, I didn't expect it to die out at all, to be honest. I thought it was going to be, we were both, I mean, we were both quite bullish and yeah, on the, you know, I, I was less bullish. I mean, famously, you know, on our show, we used to have the fun debates about, you know, this stuff. I was much less bullish on the NFT parts of it, the sort of overpriced JPEGs part than the, than the blockchain and the sort of functionality behind blockchain. And, and arguably it's still going on in the background. It's just, the hype has really, really died off. It died so quickly. Um, the The more inside baseball one that I would point to is uh, CDPs, customer data platforms. Um, so there was a moment. They had their moment about, I don't know, it, 10 years? Nah, not 10 years ago. Seven years ago. Um, and CDPs were going to become the new thing. Um, and if you blinked, you might have missed it because – Everybody was talking about how we need to manage all these digital experiences and we need marketing automation and all those kinds of things. And one of the things that we were hearing so much from clients, and by the way, started to get developed by not only Salesforce and Adobe and, um, uh, and Microsoft and, and all of this, you know, all of the big companies had this. And there were tons of startups in the space that got tons of uh, initial press were these customer data platforms, which were sort of a cross between CRM and marketing automation. It was basically how do you create a singular and what I loved about it was sort of an audience database that mm-hmm. got attributes of things, you know, so every t- from the first time you met this person, this new customer on your website through to moving it over to your CRM system, it was sort of a single way to get that 360 degree view of your of your customer. And for about 10 minutes, they were the cat's meow. I mean, it was it was everybody was talking about CDPs and how they were going to really upend the idea of digital marketing. And it was so tied to content marketing, which is why we covered it so heavily. And then it just like disappeared overnight. And it started to come back a little bit with Salesforce um, talking about this late last year. But then, of course, AI came and just sort of took everything out. CDPs are still there. And I think, I think this is getting to the second part of Jim's question. I think they may come back again. What we're starting to see are a combination of new tech that's coming up that's really built around managing audiences, not just marketing automation and email and not just marketing automation and landing pages and personalization, but sort of managing audiences full stop across different digital platforms. And I think that might have an opportunity to come back. I think to your point, we've always had a problem in marketing because everything everything is run by a different piece of software and they can never talk to each other. But I think with the rise of APIs and the ability now for a lot of this software to talk to each other, you can actually see a unified view of the customer. I mean, you can, but nobody does. But yes, nobody, you can. I mean, it's nobody does. But isn't that yeah. isn't that yeah. what you're ta- sort of the it goal is. of what it, you're it talking is. about? It was, a, it was basically a platform. The way the architecture looked was, and not to get too geeky into this, but but the way the architecture looked was, you had a common. So one of the biggest problems, and and this is a big problem still in 2023, that marketing departments have is that the 
audience data, and I won't even say customer data, let's just call it audience data, which includes leads, opportunities, visitors, first-party data on blog subscribers, first-party data on email subscribers, they're all sitting in silos, right, for the most part. Mm-hmm. The email, Their email addresses are all in the email marketing system or the marketing automation system. You've got customer data in the CRM system. You've got some level of of you know blog subscribers and some other database and they're all basically siloed off from one another and so if you're trying to get any sort of 360 degree view of that one customer and give them attributes like lead opportunity and so on and so forth it's just hard it's just a hard big difficult project and so cdps were meant to kind of alleviate that and provide sort of a a single pool where you could have audiences to do different things, personalize your website content, personalize emails, personal, you know, sort of a singular audience platform that many of those other platforms that are content oriented would use to do things like send you a personalized email or send you a, a thing without it being siloed. And so uh, one of the reasons that it may have never caught on or declined so quickly is because marketers are just loath to put yet another tool in over the top of some of these things that already have. It's like, you know, the CIO then says, well, can't we already do that? Like to your point, can't we already do that with like Salesforce and Adobe and you know our marketing automation system? And people go, well, yeah, you could, but, and then it gets really difficult. Yeah, well, so, that's, that's like, it's like most software where you only use like 8% exactly. of any, of, any exactly. of the features of any software. Exactly. That's where I, mean, I, I, I get for a long these... time that there would be a content marketing platform that would handle some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of new technologies that are out there sort of purporting themselves to do this. But um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it could rise, it could rise again. Okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Good okay. start. Nice job. There we go. Well we done. Go. We're already off to off to the races here. All right. So here's the second question. question. Two. Yes. From Tom, uh, you know, here's the funny thing, Tom. Uh, you you you've sort of done yourself in with your LinkedIn profile. So Tom Jurismic or Smith, as he prefers to be called, according to his LinkedIn. So Tom Smith, um, there you go, Tom. Um, asks a wonderful question. Which company is doing this best today? And by this, he put, he did was he posted the uh, CMI classic. I should probably sort of, bring that up. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, you could probably bring that up. Um, I have, so I have to find it. So go ahead. For you those of you who are maybe it. new listeners, you'll remember that Joe uh, patterned the structure of CMI off of the Disney. Uh, basically infographic that showed how all revenue paths led to the center. Uh, and for CMI, it was, of course, the big event. Um, and, there it and, is. And, and there you go. And then so you've got the blog there and the content at the center. And then you've got events and publications and training and all the kinds of things that we did. This um, So this sort of multiple lines of revenue, multiple businesses, a platform business, if you will, in the age of content marketing, the sort of mixing of media and products and services, um, this is the this that Tom is referencing in his question. And he wants to know which company or organization that we think is doing this best today. So what's your answer to that? Um, well, my... I spend most of my time in the creator universe. So I'm a big fan of Jimmy Donaldson, who is AKA Mr. Beast. Uh, And what Mr. Beast has done by really focusing on, and really this model works 
when we talked about because the CMI blog was always at the center. That was mm-hmm. the ongoing, consistent, valuable, relevant information that we would send out to our customers on a regular basis. The same thing holds true for Jimmy. That's YouTube. That's Jimmy's YouTube channel and his e-newsletter and his contact. And then the product launches like Feastables, which is one of the fastest growing product areas um, on the planet right now. They just got into Walmart and all these things. I'm, I love what Jimmy has done. And of course, then you have all these offshoots of, yeah, here's what I'm doing on Twitter. And here's what I'm doing on Instagram and all these and TikTok and all these other socials. But still has YouTube at the center. Another amazing creator that I want to. Uh, that I think fits into this is Jay Klaus. And you know, Jay, Jay uh, yep. spoke last couple of years at Creator Economy Expo, tremendous, has his newsletter in the middle. That's that's sort of the glue that brings everything together. But if you look at ongoing, what he's done with online training, his membership, his, um, his YouTube channel, which is growing, he consistently, on Twitter with threads and every day has a LinkedIn post and really has built um, a model that's very similar to the one we did at at Content Marketing Institute. And that's why his revenue has gone from almost nothing to, I think he's going to do six or 700,000 this year as just a a content entrepreneur. It'll be a million dollar business next year. It's really amazing. But I think that holding to that and the key to the, really making this thing work is you have to have something where you go deep into the like the blog for CMI or Mr. Beast and YouTube. What's the thing that is yours, that is your main place that fans can connect with you? And then you diversify in a bunch of different ways. But it always goes back to that one thing. Now, I you would know better. I don't do you have an example from. The corporate world that you would say this is the content marketing approach that's really working for somebody oh yes i have three examples um so number one i would point to amazon right so i mean at the tectonic scale right we know you know amazon and microsoft are at the tectonic scale of this right the way that they're diversifying their business you know you've got you know amazon has truly become not only a media company, but as well as sort of multiple ways, you know, from B to B to B to C to, you know, all the ways that they sort of combine all of their different platform services and products and have everything come back to, you know, to really, how do you buy things online? Right. You know, and so it's that, that sort of is the quintessential. Then you got Microsoft, which of course has been diversifying for years and with their latest acquisition of, you know, Activision and, and that whole part of the thing, you know, they've got everything from entertainment to, you know, uh, of, you know, GitHub to LinkedIn to, you know, so many different properties, but sort of that, it becomes a little hard to identify with that because it's so big. Mm -hmm. So I would say two at the smaller end of the scale, one which I know is tiresome at this point because we use it so often as an example, but Cleveland Clinic, I mean, it just continues to kill it, just to crush it when it comes to launching new media properties that are highly profitable, that have, that are make money. They are truly, I mean, we talked about them in killing marketing. They are truly a marketing department that is a profitable part of the business. I mean, that you just can't say it any other way. Their marketing department is a profit center. And it makes money. 
and they do so in multiple ways, um, primarily through advertising. Um, but they also syndicate content, and they do they, they do other things as well. They do consult. There's a consulting arm as part there's of that training arm, part right? Of that. I mean, it's 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 crazy the amount custom of- content they do. They do custom editorial yep. for for other companies. I Absolutely. mean, and this is a hospital, folks. That's right. Uh, so think about that. So yeah, that's a fantastic example. Yeah. So that's, that's that. And then the one other that I would point to that is totally under the radar. And I actually, they're my major case study, uh, in, in my new book, um, which is the multiple sclerosis society. Um, and, and they, I, I know, I happen to know the CMO there and he's such a smart guy. Um, he's completely upended their business. Um, because, you know, and of course, COVID did a, a huge, uh, you know, a huge disruption on that. And the way that they used to be organized was by chapters, right? So that you had multiple chapters all across the U.S. And of course, the way that they get their donations are mostly runs, right? You know, you know, marathons and uh, fun runs and all mm-hmm. sorts of things, you know, run for, for mus- muscular sclerosis. And so he basically reorganized all of marketing around content and media and basically centralized it where the individual chapters become uh, individual media creators and content creators and telling st- and basically enabling their people to become storytellers rather than sort of becoming the story. Um, in other words, what he did was he said, hey, listen, we can't have this big fun run event, but you can run and you can tell us your story. And you can, you know, you can set up your own thing and enabling them to tell their stories and provide for a centralized way to do that. And basically centering everything on content marketing um, was how he sort of changed the entire business model of how they they go. To, you know, it, it, it basically their entire business model is now media uh, and telling that story. And the, the thing that just gives me chills every time he tells me, he said, he said the whole purpose behind it was. He got this, and he talked to his leadership about this, and talked to the you know board about this. And he said the whole point of our organization should be to put ourselves out of business, right? He said the whole point of this is to, at some point, not be needed. And yep. so he said the, their whole mission now is to kill the need for the nonprofit organization. And I just, I love that. It's 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 a it's a fantastic. That's a um, great thought. Yeah. That is actually should be the goal of almost every nonprofit. Yeah. To be not be needed. Yeah. The it's, Cancer it's, Societies and us at Orange Effect Foundation, hopefully there will be a day where we won't have to, like, there will be funding for kids right. who need speech therapy anywhere you are in the world. Well, right now that's not a, I love that. That's right. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that example. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that in your book. Thank you. What's going to be fantastic? <laughs> he's, he's such a smart guy. He's, 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 he's definitely one of my favorites. It's such Excellent. an inspiration to talk to him. All right. That's good. That was, uh, we got some small examples there, right. some larger yeah, there ones. Yeah, I think that we go. covered that one correctly. Yeah, we'll there see. you go. All right, All right let's get to our third question here. The third question on our list comes to us uh, courtesy of Gina Ballerin. Am I pronouncing Gina's I last guess, name yeah. correctly? Ballerin? Hi, Gina. Yep. Ballarin? Very good. Ballerin? Ballerin? I'm going to say Ballerin. I don't know. Gina. Ballerin. Me. Gina. Ballerin. Would you correct? I think it's yeah. Ballerin. Like in Ballerin. You think it's. Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Other than AI, Gina asks. What is the next big thing in content marketing, says Joe Polizzi? Um, well, I'm not going to 
use my old standby of I think uh, enterprises will start buying media companies and creators, no. which I've, <laughs> said, I've said for the last 10 years. And it's starting to happen. Yeah, That's not the is. next big thing yeah. because we've been talking about that. I really think the next big thing in content marketing is that marketing departments will create creators. I, I really believe that. And, and basically, you just shared that example of how do we take the people around us and raise them up and give them the support and the tools they need so that they can build their own audiences. And I think that's the key for content marketing in the future. I think instead of how do we corporately build this newsletter? How do we corporately build this TikTok? We're going to say, here's a, here's an audience we're going after. Is there somebody in our organization or somebody that we need to bring in that will be the spokesperson that will, will, will put all of our efforts behind this person to build this audience? And a lot of people don't like that because it's risky because they're saying, oh, we're you know, we're moving it over to this individual and there's risks that go along with that. But I really believe more and more, and we're seeing this in the creator economy, that people want to connect with individuals and not companies. So let's just not, fight, let's not fight that battle anymore. Let's just go mm -hmm. ahead and, and put, look at our content marketing department and say, how are we training? How are we growing? How are we looking out for these people and finding them inside, outside in the ecosystems around where we, our customers are at and bring these creators in and help them be successful. And if we do that properly, that's going to help the brand. So that's, that's what I think is the next thing for the next five years in, in enterprises. So I think that's, I think that's a good, I, I think that's right on the money. Um, and, you know, the, it's interesting because it's hard to not relate something back to the, how big the disruption in AI really is um, and sort of, you know, look separately from it. You know what I mean? Because I think most of the bigger evolutions in the practice of content marketing um, are, are coming f out of the disruption that is you know, generative AI for the sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, however, having said that, um, I will answer the question, which is, I think, and this is, again, something I talk about a little bit in the book, um, which is, I believe what we're actually seeing is, so the, the trend sort of at the symptomatic level that I, I see is that content marketers uh, are no longer considered a separate piece of marketing, right? So in so many instances, what we see are the content teams that got built 10 years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, that were a, you know, typically a ragtag bunch of journalists that got put over in a corner and said, make cool stuff. A for the skunk company. works operation, if you exactly. will. Exactly. Great yeah. way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. Where, you know, they, their, their job was to build a cool blog or build some resource centers or build a content hub for the organization and, and have that rank for SEO and whatever the business goals may have been for that. Well, oh, more, and, oh, more and more what we're seeing is, is that that's merging into, because they're great writers, they're great creators, they're great uh, content people. And so they're getting asked to do more, which is mostly on the marketing content side. Right. So in other words, those great creators are now getting asked to do brochures and web copy and, you know, abstracts for webinars and all those kinds of things. And so that relates obviously to AI and, and the sort of merging there. But the bigger story, I think, is and, and I may be going out a bit on a limb here is the way I used to say it was, oh, yes, content marketing will simply become part of marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. and at some point, you and I used to talk about this all the time. Sure. 
I think it's now actually the reverse. I think it's actually marketing is becoming content marketing. In other words, the entire function of marketing is now getting centered on the idea of creating valuable content experiences for Isn't that something? I t- no, I totally agree with that. I think that you are right. We had it wrong all the time where, yeah. where everything yeah. is becoming, how do we build audiences and relationships? And we do that through valuable, relevant content experiences. Yeah. And marketing is basically becoming a media operation. Like yeah. how, you know, building, you know, building your marketing department these days, full stop is about how do I build a media owned media organization that can help create paid me and paid owned and shared media. And all of that is centered on the idea that that media should be valuable to as an experience to, to customers. And more and more, the measurement of that is changing. In other words, Mm -hmm. if basically the classic old core measurement of marketing was reach and frequency, like how many people are we reaching with how much frequency and how much do we need to do that to get spend and uh, you know spend versus revenue in the right organizational uh, you know metric, basically the right you know fraction. Well, I think it's changing now where multiple ways of measuring marketing are coming in to measure things like the value of first party data, the value of trust, the value of subscription, the value of all those things, in addition to all of the classic marketing. And I think that process is becoming one. So I think basically marketing is becoming content marketing. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great line. I could see that that's your next keynote. I mean that you could really maybe you already did. I mean maybe it, it's it's going to be what I talk. It's going to be talk what I talk about at Content Marketing World for sure. It's going to be it's going to be my 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 the center of where I am because it's the thesis of the book really basically more than anything else. It's like if you got if you really want to understand the strategy of content marketing, you have to understand the strategy of how a business manages its content across the board, right? Because yep. you those two things are now one. And the and the easy and the easiest on ramp for customers today is to have a relationship with them first in some way, and the easiest way to have a relationship with them in some way is to have them su- subscribe to something that's relevant to them, and they engage with on a relevant basis, regular basis. That's, that's right. So, that's exactly right. There you go. Perfect. Love it. All right. You nailed that one. Yeah. I uh, give you uh, a plus in a check on that. Fourteen quatlus. <laughs> Another Star Trek reference. That's oh my gosh! See now you're taking it off. The, you the, w- when when did this old marketing jump the shark? It was episode three ninety one when Robert added the obscure Star Trek reference. There's my that's, that's my that's my next trivia question for everybody out there to to respond to the the hundred quatlus. Which what is the episode that that came from? The episode title that that came from? Is that the Next Generation? Uh, no, that'll be the original series. Always the original series. Yeah. Always oh, the original I, series. I don't know these things. I didn't really aliens. get into it until the next generation. Yeah. There we so, go. And then I then I went back and watched the movies, <laughs> and then I went back and watched the 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 sixties originals. It's fantastic. So, I, I I watch them every night. It, it it bugs my wife to no end. She always she always like she knows now that like it, it's the sort of the last. 20 minutes before we like head off to bed and stuff like that and go read and stuff like that. Cause there's, you know, there's no use in starting a new show and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to go to bed and all that. And so she'll, 
literally it's on. So she'll like stick it on as we're like cleaning up and getting ready for bed and stuff like that. And she always asks the same thing. She always sees the whatever episode it is. And she goes, is this a classic or not a classic? And I'm, and I always look at it and I can, t- I mean, I, within seconds, I know which episode it is. And I'm like, you know, it's either, Oh no, this is totally a classic and I'll sit up and stay up and watch it or oh it's, eh, it's not a classic. God. I'll turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, welcome to the Rose household. You've yeah. you've you've said basically a, enough about your life in that three minutes. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that anyone would want to know. This, I think this is my life. All right, this is so you got life. that. We're, right. we're at question four of five. All right, we're, we're question good four progress. of five. Here we go. Yes. Go. So uh, this one comes from D- uh, Jason Schemmel. Um and so Jason has a question. He said, "If you had to start over from scratch." No network, no connections, no favors, et cetera. And you had $10,000 to build a cash flow positive business, making six figures within one year's time. What would you do and how would you do it? Yeah, nice try, Jason. You're, you're trying to get us to build your business for you. Um, <laughs> you got something it, on your mind, Jason? <laughs> it, so, Jason, yes. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you could build your your content business. If you are trying to get to revenue, significant revenue as quickly as possible, you my recommendation would be to go to the B2B angle and you target a very obscure niche section of, of the business environment. So these are business executives that have some kind of pain point, create whatever vehicle, probably via LinkedIn and probably via, via video. You do something regular on that channel, build your audience, build your newsletter on LinkedIn itself, and you open a consultancy. I mean, being a, if you want your, uh, your, your five-figure, your six-figure deals, that c- can come quickly from one or two customers to do. Yep. So that's where, I mean, when I um, left Penton Media in 2007 and, and was launching what ultimately became Content Marketing Institute... I had bills to pay and things. So what did I do? I naturally had a little bit of my time associated to consulting and I had four or five consulting years. That's actually, you know, Robert and I was, were talking about this earlier today where yeah. there's a, there's a project with PTC that came in that we first started working together on. And that was a significant project for both of us. And I didn't like consulting and never have and, and brought you in on that. But, uh, and you were, I'm much better at consulting than, than I was because you actually listen to the customers <laughs> and I never, and I never did, but, but that's, that was initially how I got my start and the business and almost all the revenue and profit of the business came from consulting. So that's what I would do. I'd go B2B. I would absolutely build your audience through some vehicle. I'd probably use a LinkedIn video, video model, and then tie that into some kind of newsletter that you would send on LinkedIn and probably on your own proprietary, whether that's ConvertKit or Beehive or, or Substack or whatever the case is. And I would go that direction and then target that from a consulting and probably have a book that would come out as part of that so that you have that credible thing. Like you are the author of this thing that yeah. and, and a leader, leading expert in, in this thing. Much very similar. I mean, that's that. Robert, that's your model. I mean, that's yeah. you became a thought leader, leading expert in content marketing and built the, the advisory business uh, around that and, and done very well for yourself. And that would be my recommendation. That's it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent. That's the, that's, that's the answer. The only, I'm going to just yes. And that, uh, by adding one thing, which is yes. If, if it, with all the parameters, Jason, that you put out there, right. Cash flow positive, making six figures a year within one year's time, 
no network, no connections, no favors, um, which is, uh, you know, you're really starting from scratch at that point. Um, I would suggest, so one of the big questions is, well, how do you spend the 10K, right? How do you spend that 10K? Um, Certainly, writing a book is key there. Writing something that can become your major thought leadership calling card is going to be critical there. Second is going to be getting you out and speaking and talking. So a lot of that 10K is going to be in travel to to get to conferences, to be able to get yourself out. The 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 key on all of that is Joe is exactly right with the you need to create your what what I always call your sphere of influence, right? Your website, your LinkedIn profiles, your blog, your book, your owned media properties, basically. But you also have to get out because nobody knows you, right? No, you have no network, no connections, no favors, et cetera. So you've also got to get out there. You've got to get out on other people's property. So you need to write for other plat, whatever niche you're going to fill, find those platforms and write for them, speak at them, get on their podcasts, get on there. You have to create of some noise. And the only way you're going to create noise is if you get out on all those platforms where there are audiences already and start to establish yourself as someone who can be trustworthy in this space and be hired in this space. So you have to build literally a thought leadership practice and you have to claim and demand it like whatever niche you're in you have to say this is what i have a point of view on the world on this is the way i build it this is the way i think about it this is the way it's good this is the way value that i provide you have to provide that whole thing and it's going to be a ton of work because you don't have much money to spend on anything and you've only got a year to do it so it's going to be you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to get out to the rest of the world to build in to Joe's point, literally five or six companies who can spend, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the, the a meaningful amount of money on consulting to to build you into a cash flow positive business in that in that year. The the events, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember in 06 and 07 and 08 the number of times I would go to San Francisco or Denver or New York to go to some conference and try to get some kind of airtime or even just to be around people. Oh yeah. And to sure. talk to them and network. And I mean, I had, I mean, we had no money at that time. I was walking around New York to make it to the next meeting, to go to this thing, to meet this person for coffee, yep. to do whatever I'm sending emails. Hey, would you get together? I'm in your name. I would go to events. There were a couple of events that I would go to just to meet one person. Right. And I would send them a note ahead of time and say, hey, we're going to be at the same conference. I don't have a ticket yet. Hey, can I can can I go ahead and uh, meet you for a cup of coffee? And those things would work out. And a lot of those worked out really well over the years. But I, it's, I'll, it's I'll give you an example of that. There was a Web 2.0 conference held in yeah. Chicago, and I saw that you were speaking at it. And I pulled a hook and a crook and everything I could to get a speaking slot at that conference so that I could stalk you and 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 get to meet you. That was and that's where I all this believe that. I'm like, who began. the heck is talking about content marketing? <laughs> Nobody but me. Right. <laughs> like, there he is. Yeah. We were fast friends right away. That was that's super right. fun. That's right. Yeah. We that both had the one. Southwest Airlines as our examples. And you know, it was so funny. Our presentations were so similar. It's so it's so good. But yeah, Jason, yeah. that's it's a great question. And yeah. uh, the again, consulting takes a lot of time and energy. So that takes away from your creator business too. So in a lot of cases, yeah. you don't want to force that so quickly. You want to use it for additional revenue, but you don't want it to have all your time. So, but if you want to be profitable right away, 
absolutely that's your best way to go yeah the, by, yeah by the way we're not that's not a bulletproof business either right so yeah. and, and let me tell you from the also personal you know experience that that it's the right answer for you the way your question is phrased but it's not necessarily if you had you know either more network or more connections or more favors or a you know or you didn't need to make it within yeah. the next year how I might answer that question. Right. So, yeah. so it's the right answer to your question, but it's the, it, it necessarily, you want to think about other things, right? You want to think about other, other lines of revenue just to diversify as quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. basically if you look at a, a content entrepreneur, they have between four and seven different ways to monetize, but the number one way, more than 50% of content creators out there monetize through consulting. That is the number one way. Number two is books. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot. So if you, when you have your book, you can generate revenues from, from that as well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kinda. Well, it depends it'll, it'll on be it, it really, pizza. Yeah, it'll be enough for a good pizza. It, it really yeah. depends on how you set it up. Yeah, true. So, true. Fair enough. That's a fair I, point. I'm starting to, as I start to learn more about, it's interesting. If as I've learned more about Lulu, if I as I've learned more about book publishing, I would have done some things different. I would have done. Yes. I would have done it so I would use Amazon for discovery, and I would use my own website for my own audience, so that I could actually generate revenue and profit from books. If and only there was a company letting, that could help you turn only, your book into an owned media property where you could sell it direct and 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 sort of be that one company that could help you. If only there was a company that could do that. I wonder who that might be. <laughs> yes. By the way, what Robert's talking to is we're. That's what that's what the tilt is is yes is transforming into yes as we work with Lulu on this so it's, it's to help like to help creators get their books out it's a little bit like the Transformers too it's a little bit like you know your we're Optimus is, Prime Optimus Prime you know hello I'm from Lulu <laughs> 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 all right oh uh, so good okay right. last um, one. The last question, is this also from Jason or is there? Uh, or is, I think it is from, I think it is also from Jason. I think okay. that you double dipped on the, on the Jason show. I did. I did. Well, I really love this as a last question, which is one of the reasons I, I picked it um, because I, I, I really, I, I, I love this question actually. Um, it, it might be my favorite question of all of them, but the, the, the last question that we'll take here is if you weren't on your own and this goes for both of us, which business would you want to go work for and why? And I love that because I haven't had a job from working with a company really since 2007, 2008. Yeah, both of us, 2007. Yeah. That's when yeah. we both started our business. Yeah. So, and, and great decision on both our parts because yeah. we were on. Yeah. We, we so it's a different, it's a different we're marketplace broken. right now than when, you know, than when you and I were last employed. Um, yeah. So, but I, but I'm I'm curious, and and I want to make it not businesses of old. I want to make it like what company today? Would, today, you know, would you want to go work for, and why? So, first of all, Jason, this I, I shudder at this question because <laughs> if I actually have to work for somebody, I, I I don't think I could do it. My presentation, as you know, Robert, you, we were talking about my presentation at Content Marketing World is if you, as your marketer and you decide you, you want to not work for somebody anymore, here's the steps that you need to take to do yeah. that. So I'm a big believer in moving from corporate world to an entrepreneur. Uh, a lot of people aren't. Anyways, that said, it depends on how I'm feeling. I'm going to give you three answers to this. One is if I thought, thought where was 
with my skill set where mm-hmm. I would have um, a really good opportunity knowing what's going on, I would become an IP attorney because I think the <laughs> the amount of wow. opportunities, I think IP attorneys are just going to have a field day over the next five to 10 years with I all the stuff. No going on. Lose on that. I had oh, no quat lose on that. So I, it, but th- that's where I would say that's opportunity. Go ahead and do that. I don't know if I'd really want to, if I really okay. want to, there's the two that I really want to do. One, I would like to run um, a major sports organization like the Cleveland Browns and and Cleveland Guardians. Like I would want to work in the front office, and I and that's that's been a forever thing. I w- I was planning on going into sports marketing, like that was going to be my thing. So I always wanted to be part of that. Um, so I love sports, and I love to be part of that atmosphere. I when I I did three or four months with the Cleveland Cavaliers and I absolutely loved it until I found out what they made. And then I went on to find another oh, job. It is, right. uh, so there's that um, where I think I really could do a lot of, a lot of good. Uh, and it would be something I'm passionate about. I w I would want to work for some of the uh, Cleveland organizations to help bring more events into Cleveland, Ohio. I think I'd be really good at that. I think I would be have a lot of fun. I go to a lot of events already and I see how they're done. And I and you, Cleveland has a very unique set of things that they bring to the table from a mid-sized city. And I would want to go out there and, and help bring those those events into my favorite city, Cleveland, Ohio. There so it is. Yeah. So th- those are those are three. I don't know if that surprises you. I, the, but. The, the IP attorney thing really surprises me. That that's, it's that's just, fascinating. Have you always wanted to be a lawyer or did you want to be a lawyer? No, no, um, not at all. Okay. Uh, but the reason why I say that is because if I'm looking right now at, at where the opportunity is at and something I could do, I absolutely think that that would be, I mean, you, in, in just our industry, the opportunities are, I can't imagine how many opportunities there yeah. are for IP, but there's of course a lot of IP attorneys now because of this. But yeah. I, I would it would be an interesting place uh, to go forward with. But anyway, but but I probably would then get tired of it because I like to be around people. Yeah, that's where I would like to go to other events. I'd like to talk to people. I'd like to get. And that's why I love being you know part of the front office at a sports organization, because there's always something going on. There's always different ways, like what Jesse Cole has done with the Savannah Bananas. I just think outside of the fact that I don't think I'd have that much energy. But what mm-hmm. he has done and going from zero to building a billion dollar franchise is unbelievable. Yeah. It's really incredible. So I work for Jesse. Yeah. I'd, I'd get in a banana suit. <laughs> why not? If, if we would allow, if we would allow an orange banana, I would, I'd probably do that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. That's, what do you got? That would be very funny. Okay. Well, I, so I have three answers. Um, and, and I, I know it's a little bit of cheating, but, but I'm, but the reason for my three answers is because I'm going to choose one if it was about money. Um, because unlike some people on this podcast, they're not independently able to sort of make free choices like that. So, um, if it was one about money, um, two, if it was about just if if money didn't matter and it was a, a passion, like I just wanted to do it. And three is if I wanted to really be passionate about, you know, having a, a good career and, but going in and do a topic, you know, a content that I love. Okay. So, um, so all of three, which are important to me, to be honest. So, uh, first for the money and for the future, um, I would totally go work for open AI or one of the, whatever I thought AI startup was having the most 
and I'm not going to name them just because that'll sort yeah. of unbiased. But in me, the but, AI industry, but there are a couple of AI startups that I think are amazing, and that I the the executives I think really get it. Um, the obvious one is OpenAI because I think Sam Altman is thoughtful, and I think the the company is thoughtful, and and I think there's some. I think it's just going to be a very interesting uh, business uh, overall. I think there, I think there's a pivot coming for that business. By the way, um, so um, interesting that 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 would be my money one. Um, my one for content, with not dissimilar from you, um, I would go work for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, because that you know, I would go work in marketing for the Dallas Cowboys. Because yeah, I'd be working at the Browns and you'd be working at the Cowboys. That'd I would I would get out of bed every day excited about the content and what I'm marketing there. Because I just, I mean, I love I love football. I love absolutely adore and love football. I'm passionate about it. I love every detail of it. So it would be it would be I think fun. Um, from what I've heard, it's a great place to work. Um, and so, uh, it's, you know, it, that would be, that would be the high on that. If money weren't a thing and I was just wanting to have a lifestyle and it, and, and, and money didn't matter, I would totally go be a college professor. That would be my, that, that would be my, and, and in fact, that would be my first choice. I'm, unfortunately, money plays a big role in that, but, um, I would totally go be a college professor. But I think it, what's interesting about the college professor angle today is you can be a college professor and do lots of other things as well. Like uh, Prof G is a really good example. I mean, yes. Professor Indeed. Scott Galloway is an NYU Stern professor and uh, is a multimillionaire. That's right. Doing uh, that's one of things. the reasons he can be an NYU Stern professor is because yes. he is a multimillionaire. That's the... That's the, yeah. that's the, that's the freedom to be able to do that. I mean, I have looked, I have looked at, at this as a, you know, the adjunct professor, you know, unfortunately, uh, it, universities operate a little bit backwards, ass backwards when it comes to how they, how they, they pull in adjunct professors, um, and teachers. So it's, it's, it's more difficult than it needs to be. I think in many ways are more hoops to jump through than, than needs to be. And, there's a whole rant we could go on about that, but yeah. but but that's I would love to do that. I mean, I would love to spend my time on campus and teaching kids and and really and business and marketing. By the way, that that would be my topic. I would I would love to teach them about business, modern marketing, basically. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you got a couple more years till then marketing goes away and AI takes over, and then we're not needed anymore. <laughs> right, there's so that. there is that. There is absolutely there. Is, <laughs> that's well. That funny. was uh, that yeah. was fun. That's yeah, uh, that was totally fun. That was absolutely fun. I guess. Oh, so if we missed your question, we'll do this again. But go to our YouTube channel at this old marketing and put your question in below so we can add it to the list and, and we'll get to it in the next. Cause I, I think we're going to have another, I'm pretty sure there's going to be another special episode in the next month and a half. I would guess with, so. Yeah. With, with our travels, so. our travels and content marketing world and a bunch of other stuff. And that's up, true. So yeah, that is true. That we're going to have to figure something out. So there that you is go. true. Yeah. yeah. And did you want to give a thank out uh, or shout out? Oh, yes. Thank the, you. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so many people we, we couldn't get. So there was there, there's questions. I'm, I'm here on the LinkedIn site. They're still coming. So so Craig Hodges and uh, Matthew Cantwell, thank you for your question. And Peter Breck, of course, up here always. Evelyn Hoover, thank you. Uh, Ash Roy, Ahava Liebtag had a great question. We couldn't get to Brian Piper, Mary Rose McGuire, Brian Andraco, uh, Robert Katai, lots of Karen Abu. Erica Heald, oh my God. Eric Papson, Todd McCluskey. Of course, Todd's been sending all kinds of stuff to us. Uh, Joshua Feinberg, uh, thank you so much for all that. I wish we could get to yours and we will hopefully um, do another episode and 
and get because even the ones that came in today that we weren't able to get to are really, really good. And they're not all about me. There are some that as say Joe and Robert, not just <laughs> Joe and then and Robert. Few. And yeah, exceedingly few. So, yes. Um, yeah, there all is right. that. Good deal. Good Fantastic. Deal. All right. Well, we will be back next week with a regular news oriented episode as they say. Um, and But until then, until we get to our next week's show and Joe comes back from Nantucket all tanned and bicycled up and all Martha Stewarted ready for uh, cooking, um, we will see you next week. Um, and until then, please do remember, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on, well, what? This old marketing. 